Hello, strong, feisty women. Some of you may recognize my voice. I'm Celine Yeager, host of the Hit Play Not Pause podcast. Throughout my career as a professional health and fitness writer and now a podcaster, I hear countless questions from women who are trying to understand how their ever-changing hormones impact their sports performance. So we decided to serve up some answers in a brand new series called Hormonal that we will be releasing on the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast feed. Throughout this four-part series, reproductive endocrinologist Dr. Carla DiGirolamo and I will be tackling topics like periods, the pill, pregnancy, and conditions like PCOS, all from the perspective of sports performance. If you aren't already, follow the Feisty Women's Performance Podcast and stay tuned for our first episode releasing on April 15th. Also, have questions you want answered? Send us a voice note at speakpipe.com slash hormonal and we'll get it answered on the show. You are listening to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast, a podcast for women who are chasing epic and everyday adventures on their bikes. We are a production of Live Feisty Media and hosted by Christy Moan and Katherine Taylor. the new way we start the show we both kind of look at each other and wait to see if Christy talks first <laughs> I, I did on purpose to see if you would break <laughs> I broke how are you um I'm pretty good it's been a weird weird week I got exposed to the COVID <laughs> so it was a crazy crazy situation was with uh having book club with some friends and the my friend's husband was there and he they do well. And he had flown his family's private jet to pick up his parents on their private yacht. And he ended up, um, and before you go to the Bahamas, you have to have a negative COVID test, but some friends of the family that had gone down there with them thought they just were sick, came back, went to the hospital and they had COVID. So found out the next day after I had been at their house. So, wow. So obviously went into uh, self-isolation, wasn't ever, I wasn't ever really super close to him, but I was like sharing some hummus with his wife. So I was like, well, if she like, you know, got it from him that day. But the crazy thing is he went the next day, um, or no, two days later, he went and he got a test and it came back negative. And then the next morning he woke up feeling bad and took another test that was positive. So I've learned a lot about when your tests show up, what kind of tests you need to get, how long you're contagious. And what I've learned is if you've been exposed, even if, because I got a negative test result, but my brother who's a PA was like, you still need to quarantine for 10 days because it can take up to 10 days. For the results so, to change positive or for the threat to show so if you don't have, If you don't have um, symptoms within 10 days, you, you're pretty sure you're in the clear. Okay. Um, but you could like, symptoms could start showing up 10 days later and because it they swab in your nose and that's like the last place that it manifests yes. itself okay. if it's not there anyway it was all very interesting i learned a lot and it is it is not pleasant the nose swab so so questions how yeah. far did they stick that thing up your nose 
it went really far. It, it, it was way up there. Like my eyes were watering and I was like, play it cool, play it cool, play it cool. Like don't, you know, cause I'm like, I'm tough. I'm not going to be like one of those people that's like, Ugh. um, but I, I was glad they were done when they were done, but it was, it's an interesting experience. Like we have free COVID testing in Atlanta. So you go and it's, um, there weren't many people there that day and it was like a drive through. So I had to register online and then you drove down the hill to the tents and they checked you to make sure you're in the system. And then they put all the stuff on your windshield and you pull forward and then you just pull your mask down from your nose and they just go through the window. Wow. Up your nose and then you drive off. Yeah. Thank goodness for those healthcare workers that are willing to do that. Cause yeah. also it's not cool crazy. outside in Georgia in the summer. And they're probably fully in PPE and all that stuff. Oh yeah. They were like in scrubs, then with the gowns on, then the, the, um, the, the thing that looks like a shower cap mm -hmm. and uh, the mask and the goggles. Yeah. I felt bad. Wow. But how's but, your friend doing? And does he have any, is he still sick or is he fine? So he just feels like he has a really bad sinus infection and he moved into the basement of his family's house. His wife, and their kids tested negative as well. So, you know, it's just, it just shows you like this thing's here. It's, the, it's really the first friends or people in my community or my network of community that I've known that have had it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's it. I don't, I haven't had anybody in that. I've known people that have had it, but nobody that I've been like in contact with that's kind of in the circle. I mean, it's not a very big circle, but <laughs> you know, like, um, has had it like Mason's friends have been exposed, but they tested negative, like, you know, all that kind of stuff. So it's just like, yeah, I think one of the big things I learned is, you know, a lot of people are like, well, I'm going to see my family. So I'm going to get the test and, um, you, you could have gotten it too early. Like you could have it and it's too early for it to detect. So just yeah still be really cautious. About, you know, test? Is there the, there's a spitting test too though, right? I mean, I hear I am asking I my co-host about the I test. I think that's accurate. I think that's the rapid test they're doing and it's not right. as accurate. Um, right. Cause they get it like way up in your nose. It's like a, it, people are like, compare it to a Q-tip. It's not, it's like a really long, thin, like bendy thing that they just like shove up there and then they swirl around. Yeah. Ah! Pleasant. It's not pleasant. Well, good for you for being responsible. Yeah. So I'm still, um, people were like, do, do you want to go ride? And I'm like, no, I'm going to be the responsible one. And I might go ride by myself, but yeah. Cool. But I felt, well, I did have a headache a couple of days and I was like, I know I have COVID. I know I have it. But it turns out I wasn't drinking enough water. I'm telling you, it's like everything. I'm like, is it COVID? Is it here? Do I have it? It's interesting though, because what I'm learning is I was talking to a friend of mine, a lot of, you know, big companies here aren't going back. And I was like, it, I can see why they're not going back because there is so much underlying stress that you feel. And more like, have I exposed anybody I care about? I'm like, I would probably be okay. I'm generally healthy. I don't normally get very sick with things, but it's just like this underlying stress of like, have I exposed somebody else to it that wouldn't yep. be okay? And just like getting that negative test result was just like a, I don't know, it was like a weight off that I didn't know I had because I the whole time I was like, ah, it's, it's, I'm 
probably fine, blah, blah, blah. You know, like, so imagine if you have to go into like one of these big office buildings and you're like, I don't know if I'm exposed or not every day. That could be, I mean, I know people are putting protocols in, but you know, we're in, a, I'm in a big city where there's lots of big office buildings. Yeah. The way you can like keep that. No, it's in it. I think it is just different in every part of the country, really. Um, yeah. Not that the disease is different, but the way, you know, the way we, we get to interact with it, so to speak. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Yeah. So what have you been up to? Uh, you know, uh, we finished our garage sale. Tim's getting, oh, if you are on eBay, the Moan Standard Shop is selling stuff cheap on there and it's still moving. So I don't know. One last pitch for getting rid of Moan Standard. Um, the other big thing we've got that I'm excited about is um, a couple of years ago, um, Gravel City Adventure and Supply, the bike shop here in Emporia, got the NICA, Kansas NICA League up and going um, with the donation to kind of get it started up. But now we have um, another bike shop, Sunflower Outdoor Bike in Lawrence, has issued a fundraising challenge of $100,000 on the table if, if we can match it. Um, then they're going to donate, there'll be $200,000 that will go to, to really getting a league up and going to the next level. So that challenge got put out there. Um, and I, you know, it's just exciting to see something that you've been hoping for and wishing for, for your state for, for a long time, start to come into true fruition and starting to see Kansas cycling teams form in the high school. Well, I mean, obviously it looks different, but, um, it's a, it's a positive and it felt like a little bit of a win, which I think you got to take those right now and celebrate them. So here in Kansas, we're celebrating the fact that hopefully we'll have a, a better funded Kansas Nike league um, and can start paying our full-time director and, you know, get the, get the first races up and going and, you know, do them in a platform that works with COVID. So um, that's exciting. So awesome. I've seen some of the Nike kids on the trail that I run on down there running or down there riding. So I'm glad that they figured out some ways for that because I think it's important for kids to like have that still. <laughs> well, and I'm hoping, you know, one of the challenges when we were going through the process with NICA, obviously it's mountain biking, um, but they are interested in, in looking to see what it would look like to do some gravel racing. And obviously, you know, we're like, oh, we, Kansas can help with that. We know what that looks like. And that's what our kids here train on. You know, most of the kids around here train for um, the DK high school race and, and, you know, then they go do a lot of the little local races around here. So. Yeah. Do you have mountains in Kansas? No, we have hills um, and we do have trails, but there's just not a bunch of them. So it's not as readily as, I mean, what we have in abundance is gravel roads, obviously. So um, there are trails. Uh, Lawrence has a couple trail systems, Kansas City has some trail systems. A couple other lakes have some, but, and we have two small ones here in Emporia, but they're not, they're probably, I mean, you know, that'd get boring riding the same two trails for training every single day. So, yeah, but anyway, it's exciting. I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing what the league does. And I have a good friend who we're going to have on the podcast at some point, Tina Khan, that's running it. So, um, it's yeah. cool. Yep. That's exciting. Well, today's guest also does a ton with youth and mountain biking. She does. Yeah. Karen Jarko. Yeah. I really, so Karen did a webinar with us on, uh, bike saddles earlier this summer and then uh you were like oh she'd be a great podcast podcast guest so tell us how you know 
Karen, I just met her through the webinar. That's my story. But, <laughs> and you're sticking to it. Christy's friend. Well, <laughs> I just, uh, um, you know, obviously met her, met her through the gravel scene. Um, she's been a mountain bike uh, pro athlete and then has started doing some gravel racing and, um, you know, met her through that, um, have gotten to know her well and just what she does so well um, is she's so approachable um, and she just really can connect with anybody, but I think she does a great job with women and with kids. Um, and I've, you know, I've gotten to see her in expo booths and just like, man, she's just good. Um, she's, she knows her, she knows her stuff and she's approachable and she's also just a badass on the bike. So, yeah, um, you know, yeah, I really appreciate it. She has had quite a year. She's yep. a lot about that and she was very open and vulnerable. However, my dog did interrupt the podcast. So if you hear some crazy barking, <laughs> it's just Belle. There was somebody on the porch. But um, I can't wait for you all to hear this interview with uh, Karen Jarko. Hey, Catherine, I'm so excited that Gooders Come On is one of our sponsors. I know we love Gooders sunglasses because they come in so many fun colors and sassy fun names. Like I got Lance's Afternoon Uppers. And I got Rosé Before Brosé. <laughs> they're really fun. And they're also performance sunglasses. So they're no slip, no bounce, and polarized. They start at a ridiculously low price of $25 a pair. <laughs> Which means that Gooder is generously offering our listeners nothing. Nothing. Nothing at all. You do not need a discount when you already have the most affordable performance shades on the planet. So go to gooder.com slash feisty and that's G-O-O-D-R dot com slash feisty now. These glasses even look good with mud on them. <laughs> well, welcome to the Girls Gone Gravel podcast. We are so excited to have uh, Karen Jarko with us this week. You may have caught her. She did a fantastic uh, saddle webinar for us back in May. Yeah, it was a while ago. It was a while ago. May or June. May or April, yeah. Yeah. Uh, while we were all still stuck in our houses. She did a saddle webinar for us. And I just told Karen, I found my saddle after many years of searching after that webinar. So it's on our YouTube channel if you want to go watch it. But um, I'm here with Christy and Karen. Christy's here too. Hi, Catherine. Hi, Karen. <laughs> tell us a little bit about you. I know we heard about you on the webinar, but for people that missed it, tell us about you and what you do and uh, how you got into cycling, all the things about you. All right. Thank you. First of all, thank you guys for having me on. It's great. Um, I think we really need this kind of connection right now still, even though we can, you know, go outside and socially distancely connect with people. Um, thanks for having me on. I am um, also managing my dog right now who likes to be rambunctious when I do these things. Uh, but I am assistant marketing director for Ergon Bike. Um, that's my, you know, day job. Um, and I also run a kids mountain bike camp here in town, which COVID um, 
it blew up throughout COVID because uh, we um, the kids really needed it. So it was great to see that being accepted by the community. Uh, and then I am a professional uh, mountain bike and gravel athlete for Team Topeak Ergon. And that's me. That's a lot of things. There's a few hats in there, but somehow they all kind of uh, work well together. And you're a piney mom. What's that? <laughs> Piney's mom. Piney's mom is should actually, that's the top. Piney's uh, the dog that's probably going to make some appearances on today's yeah. podcast. Yeah, yeah. Or you'll at least hear them probably. <laughs> that's awesome. Tell us how your kids program has been working out because you weren't sure you were going to be able to have it, right? With everything that's right. going on and then you found a safe way to do it. Exactly. So I think that's uh, a big theme for 2020 is just learning how to pivot and uh, innovate. I have the saying, saying uh, innovate or implode. And um, we weren't able to do our regular large camps, um, which is run like our registrations run through our local rec district. Uh, so and we usually have like up to 80 kids in that camp. So instead, May and June, I launched a small group lessons. So that was up to the parents discretion. They form their group of three, four or five kids and you have one coach. Um, and it was within 48 hours of launching that my schedule that I set for myself booked completely. And then I booked out six other coaches. So you can just see how, um, it was really needed. And the whole reason why I was motivated to do that, I was out on a ride one day and, um, a parent, just you know we ran into each other and she was letting me know how her kids were and she was really concerned about her 13 year old son that he was starting to show signs of depression um from not connecting with his friends so it's i really think it's up to our communities to figure out what we can do for the youth um and uh it did really well and we've continued the small groups through our larger camps now. And then, so with the larger camps, I um, I put a max of 60 kids per camp. And then I structured, um, I like would preform the groups based on the kids I've known and questionnaires and age and ability into groups of pods of 10. And we would have separate drop-off pickup locations for those pods of 10. And then you have one coach and one volunteer per group. Um, so although it was, you know, a little bit extra back end work, um, it'll probably be how we continue just because it runs a lot smoother than having like 80 kids show up at the pump track at the same time. And like, ah, where's my group? Where, you know, it's, uh, it created a little bit more, um, structure. <laughs> so. That's awesome. I, I mean, I think that's, <laughs> As we're going through this and seeing so many different things being canceled, figuring out ways to come back together is going to be how we create our new norm. So it's rad to hear that it's working. Has there, have there been any problems with it or has it all been pretty just pretty successful? Um, I would say uh, more success than problems, but with anything, you know, dealing with that many people, you'll, we still have had um, our normal hiccups here and there. Like, um, you know, we had our first broken bone last week. Uh, and, but that stuff happens and we have emergency protocols set in place to handle them. Um, but everybody seems to be really happy and they, um, the parents have been amazing. Like, I think they need it just as much as the kids. Yeah. You know? <laughs> Take my kid. 
Yeah, so they've like really just like gone with the flow and um, seem very uh, grateful. Yeah, I also kind of put a hard cap on this too, this one too of like keeping it just to our community um, mm -hmm. it was a hard decision. But again, I think it's I didn't want to get shut down. <laughs> There's tiny. Um, and I mean, we saw that second spike and the parameters get tightened up again. So I'm glad I did. Um, I was a little more strict than the other camps, but that means we could, we didn't have to re-pivot. We just continued on the way we were. Yeah, that's, that's really cool to hear. And just like, I think you're so right. If you know, like you can get a lot off of Zoom, but you can't really get like outdoor activity connection with friends. No, we need to be like around people's energies, I really think. Like, this is awesome and this is a benefit, but I like, personally speaking, like, I miss the community so much right now. Like, I would give anything to be able to like get everybody together, but I just know that's not. Um... I need to have fun. <laughs> it's just not the reality. Um, but I have a dog. <laughs> No, I, uh, it's, it's like that human connection thing, you know, um, it's been crazy realizing how much as this has worn on, like just how much I miss it. Like, you know, if you get, if I get to see somebody I haven't seen in a long time and we're sitting outside, you know, doing the social distancing thing and stuff, it's, it just is, it's, I, I wake up the next day with, it feels like with a little piece of my soul restored, just like, just a tiny bit, like, oh, that I needed that. I didn't even know I needed it. Um, so, and I'm sure for kids, like, I can't, I can't imagine. They've got to be just stoked to be able to. There, um, it's pretty cool to see the change just in like one, you know, one camp session, how much they light up, which yeah, I love it so much. Yeah. Yeah. You've always inspired me seeing you at different bike events and expos um, with how you really connect with community. And you know, of course, I'm always, I just, I remember it unpaved last year watching you talk to this girl. Um, I remember that girl. It was just, you know, I'm sure that you had such an impact on her. Like, it was pretty cool to watch because she was completely engaged and you know, you have such a great way of talking with kids and, and um, I don't know. It's really cool to watch for sure. So, I think we're all just big kids, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I love kids so much. I think they're just so pure and they don't have all the layers that adults have. Um, and you know, they just, they, they're just love, you know, like they just want to have fun. They just want to, um, you know, you, they just want to be talked to like a, at their level, you know, it's like, I don't know. I've always enjoyed kids. Wow, that's awesome. I'm so glad you've gotten to do that still this year because you have not gotten to race. I had, well, oh, and then I had, I had surgery in January. Oh, that's um, right. Yeah. I had that major surgery. surgery. <laughs> <laughs> I've had a year. I mean, we've all had a year. Um, so that was like isolating in itself. And then COVID happened. Um, so I think I needed the kids more than just as much as they needed what I was offering them. 
Talk us through that, your, your hip surgery and how your recovery went. Cause I, you know, type A, sorry, I'm going to totally say that you're a type A personality and a type A athlete. <laughs> it's so funny you say that. Cause I, um, so I speak to a sports psychologist, Kristen Kime, and I remember the first day she said I was type A and I was like, no, I'm not. I'm totally chill. What are you talking about? Like, I'm not type A. And then like, I was like, oh yeah, shit. She's right. Uh, she's right about a lot of things. And um, you have three jobs. It's type A. <laughs> I recognize him. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I like um So hip surgery happened in January. And um, it was like, something, again, I was like, I mean, I had been dealing with this injury all last year. I tried to race, tried to race. Um, kept like hitting my head against a, you know, brick wall of, I would have like X amount of time in my legs and then my leg would just go dead basically. And I would have some good days, some not good days. Um, and, uh, it got to a point where a friend, um, my background is sports medicine and a friend of mine is a orthopedic surgeon in the area. And he was like, you know what, just come in let us take an x-ray let us just take a look um no one's gonna do surgery because i was like i don't want surgery i don't want that and and i still remember sitting there in the doctor's office looking at the x-ray like i fully know it's effed like <laughs> like uh and i'm like oh sorry sorry to waste your time i'm just gonna let myself out you guys have a great day thanks for your time and i remember then looking at each other and being like this is like what planet is she living on? And then I went and ran uh, one of the like peaks on the way home because uh, I was still in such denial um, and just like ignoring a lot of stuff at that point. Um, and uh, physical pain is like really easy for me to deal with for whatever reason. Uh, so I stretched that out for like a year. And so surgery came <clears throat> and I even thought going into surgery, I'm like, oh, it's just going to be basic fix, going to the best doctor in the area for it. And two hours, the PA said, well, my surgery was like six hours. And Dr. Philippon, who I went to at um, Stephen Hawkins here in the Vale Valley, he was like, you, your hip, so the labrum, my labrum of my hip, um, the purpose of the labrum is like a suction cup. So it keeps your, uh, your femur in the socket of your hip. Um, well, it was gone. Like I had no labrum and he said my, my hip, what my head of my femur wasn't even sitting in my socket all the way. And he was just like, I don't even know how you were cycling. And, but I think as athletes, like, I think we learn how to normalize a lot. Um, and so I got a completely new labrum. Um, he did like a few different sites of bone removal. Um, he took out, uh, removed my bursa. I guess that was F2. And then um, did a couple sites of microfracture to help save the cartilage. Um, so that was like day one of like really having to like slow down <laughs> and like deal with my shit. <laughs> That was in January, right? That was in January. <laughs> that was a while ago. Well, you, so you said, um, you said you were okay talking about this before the podcast because you had a lot of other things go on this year. Yeah. <laughs> Contributed besides COVID. Um, but I would love if you don't mind sharing because I think like 
you know, we've heard a lot of people talk about how great their relationships maybe have been during COVID, but some people, things have not been so great. And that's kind of hard to walk through a global pandemic and a divorce at the same time. Right. The D word. <laughs> the D word. I hate that word. Yeah. I have to learn to just say it and just be okay with it. I wish we could come up with like a different word for it though. Cause I think there's just like a stigma around it and maybe it's my own issues with it. I don't know what it is, but um, yeah, through, um, well, through the injury and through, um, really having to slow down and, um, be home all the time. Like, you know, you do notice things that are missing and, and it was no longer avoidable. And, um, we really gave it a good effort of seeing if it could change and it couldn't, um, you know, the hardest period of my life so far and um, not the easiest thing to talk about whatsoever. But I think, I hope um, people can, be, I hope people understand it's okay to not be okay. Um, ooh. <laughs> um, it's really okay to not be okay and that, um, just like physical pain, there's no glory in like suffering through emotional pain either, or not feeling like you're in the right relationship or you're not being supported the way that you need. And, and no relationship's perfect, but I think there just comes a point if you are both really trying that um, it's the, you just come to a point where you love each other enough to let each other go. Um, and that's, that's what happened in over, I mean, over years, but very intensely over that, um, January through now. <laughs> well, and that's, I think you still love him. Of course. And I will always love him. I will never say anything bad about him. And, you know, we are teammates and we are coworkers still. And, um, he was a, my biggest teacher and, um, a huge part of my life. I mean, we were together for eight years. So he was really by my side the whole time of, you know, having successes in racing and, mm -hmm. um, you know, it sucks. <laughs> it, really no, just... it, it sucks. And, and, and I mean, what sucks is that is the D word. <laughs> Sorry. I mean that. Yeah. But I mean, because like you guys are still you're still friends. Mm -hmm. You still care about each other. You still have all of these other connections. So it's not like, it's just like that part wasn't working. And so okay. unfortunately to make that part not there anymore, you have to go through the divorce, which just seems like, you know, basically you guys just changed your relationship to fit where you are now. Um, right. I know. I mean, and we were those things and we were amazing. We are amazing teammates. We were great roommates. We, you know, and um, I think more so for me, once I wasn't able to be, you know, training 20 hours a week and racing on these, like feeling like, you know, I think we just keep ourselves really, really busy and preoccupied as athletes, especially athletes with jobs. Like you get to the end of the day and you don't, you don't think to need more. Does that like, I mean, I didn't. And then, and then all of that just gets like swept from underneath you. And then I'm like, Oh shit. Like <laughs> I need a lot more. <laughs> um, 
and I don't think there's any shame in coming to that realization and um, having, you know, and walking away from something that's pretty good um, for something that you know you really need and you're not mm -hmm. gonna get. So how's your, how's your new place? I love it. Well, so that's, um, <laughs> that, uh, you know, albeit like really sad circumstances, like there's been a lot of positives that have come from it, from it. Um, like the success of the kids camp has been amazing. And, um, I bought my own home, which, uh, I never thought I could do. And it's amazing when you stop training and racing that you have all this time to like <laughs> actually make money. <laughs> uh, uh, so I've been like hitting some non, um, athletic goals of mine. So that's, um, been good and, you know, a part, a bit of a distraction too, for a while, um, which I don't want it always to be a distraction, but I think I needed, um, I needed to put some feet underneath me. Um, so I really focused on that over the past, um, four months. No, that's huge. I mean, I, it's, it's kind of a cool thing to talk about as I think as, as women, as we're trying to, you know, do your big girl chamois adventures here, you know, you're on, you're on your own. And. Oh, completely. I know yeah. I'm getting all these things of like this, do like go do like Everesting or do this. And I'm like, fuck, I am on my own Everest right now. Like, yeah, I, I don't even, it hasn't been until this last week where I've even ridden consistently. Yeah. Which is weird. And I just am learning more to like be okay with taking a break and, um, but I believe I will come back in a different capacity, um, in a different perspective and a little bit more balanced. I hope, um, I'm really enjoying the time off the bike. And then when I'm on the bike, like, I feel like it's like a gift and like this, like new place, um, which has been so fun. <laughs> no, I've not been a very good, um, athlete for my coach the last <laughs> six months. I don't know. I was going to say last few weeks. Now it's actually like the last six months. Oh my gosh. It's so crazy. Cause like I've noticed, I've had other girlfriends that I've talked to. Um, thank God for girlfriends, by the way, like they're like a lifeline right now, but like, I mean, there are days where I'm just like through the thick of it. Um, I'm like, I shouldn't be this tired. Like I didn't do anything. And I'm like, I don't get it. And, um, there's just the point where like, emotional, um, emotional pain is like way more fatiguing than interval work. <laughs> and I think you just get a max and you have no capacity for anything else. So I would try to then just focus on what I could do to like fill my tank more than what I thought filled my tank was really draining it. Um, so I'm not training. I, I, um, it's an addiction, obviously. So I've like dabbled my toe into like a, maybe a day or two a week of trying to do some structure. But um, I think it's just a gradual thing to let go of and to really just do what you think your body needs every day. That's awesome. Have you been, has it involved any nutrition with it too? Or has it just been, have you just been drinking a lot? <laughs> just <laughs> I'm just, I'm partially kidding. I really didn't get much <laughs> at all, like through training and stuff. And now like, you know, people are like, Oh, like happy. Like 
I will have like a drink or two way more frequently than I ever did before. Yeah, you don't have to like worry about like, oh, this long ride tomorrow or whatever. You're like, yeah, I can just go do 30 miles if I want to or 20 miles or. Yeah. I was talking to a girlfriend just this past weekend and, you you know, getting to the age that we both are at, we, you know, she, she was like, I got to thinking like, I go on these long rides so I can have the drink oh yeah why Why am I going on these long rides and being like I can't have a drink because I have to go on this long ride it's she's like I had that all backwards and COVID has like reset it yeah and I'm enjoying it's not that I, I enjoyed the training like when I was doing the very structured training I really enjoyed it but I'm also really enjoying not like yeah that workout looks fun I'll go do that and like the one I had yesterday it was like a negative split and I was like, I didn't feel like doing it. But when I got to the second half of it, I'm like, I'm going to beat myself back home. And that was like, and you know, it was also, I, I set it up. So it was going to be into the wind. So of course I had an out if I didn't do it. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, I was, I was riding back into the wind. So it was still, but I crushed it on the way back. Yeah. Like, it was fun. And That's then I'm awesome. back to like, I ah, skipped my ride today. <laughs> so, <laughs> I love that. Then you just have that good balance of like, uh, I think it's important to have goals. Yeah. Um, for I think as athletes, I don't think it's necessarily, I think it's just too new of a space if you just like let go of everything and then you just, you know, say F it and sit on the couch all day. I don't think that would be many people, but um, I, so I've been um, running a little bit here and there. So it's been fun for me to set different goals. Yeah. Like, completely different goals. And um and then I can be with my dog and I can be in wilderness and I can do all these things in the, a place where I live where I've never seen before. Cause I'm, I was always, you know, staring at a power meter or doing the same routes that I knew or tra- basically just traveling every weekend. Um, so I, I, I think goals are really important no matter who you are. Um, but I don't think it's something where you need to obsess over to the extent of what I'm sure I don't know other people, but like, I think as athletes, we can get pretty obsessive. <laughs> I think one thing that's hit me in the last few weeks, cause I, um, have just been so busy and I, and I also hate summer in Georgia. I don't like getting out to ride. Um, like do I moist, very moist there, right? <laughs> it's, humid. it's like miserable. Um, but, um, one thing that's hit me is like, Oh, it's too easy to make my identity like my hobby, <laughs> you know, like I am the cyclist and then everybody's like, well, how, you know, cause that small talk, how's cycling going? And, you know, so then you start to feel this pressure, like that becomes your identity. And it's like, actually, you know what I really like to do sometimes is just lay around and read a book on a Saturday. And that's beautiful. And it doesn't change. Like I am a person that enjoys cycling and I enjoy reading. I'm not, defined as a cyclist or like I am who I am and I, I think that's just really been hitting me a lot lately I think that's really healthy to make those um realizations and I I think it's I love that you brought that up because that's something I think every um buddy can relate to to some extent like I definitely went through that when I couldn't race and couldn't you know wasn't all of these things that I was, you know, kind of being promoted as, or, you know, and 
I'm like, well, I'm, I'm Karen. I'm not like, I, I don't like introducing myself as an athlete per se. And I don't like defining myself as certain things because I think it limits us to, a, to an extent. And then what I've also noticed is like, now that I'm not training and I'm connecting with my community more, it kind of disconnects you with your community. If you're being promoted as this professional athlete, they're like, oh, I can't ride with you and I can't do this. And I, and, um, I don't think that's healthy for athletes because we are already in this like a little bit of an isolated world. And then when we try to reconnect with our community, we're being isolated even more when I don't, if I ask you to go for a ride, the last thing I'm going to do is try to like dust you or like, you know, show somebody how fast I am or whatever. And I think that's a big misconception of when people are labeling um, identities as athletes. When one of the things I experienced that I thought was kind of funny when Tim and I first started traveling, when we first got the van and we would go around to different p people's, you know, visit and, and you know, this is pre COVID. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and like after the first big one we did, I realized like we would go meet up with some, somebody and they would take us out on this ride and they were taking us out on their most epic and biggest adventure. Yeah. And, like, by the end of it, I was like, I was, I was just like, I, I just want to spin around yes. the block. Like <laughs> I, you don't need to take me on this thing. That's going to have a four mile sand pit hike followed by a little bit of single track. That's not technical Christy. And then followed by this like epic climb. And then, yeah. you know, and, and the, you know, I'm like, I told him, I was like, well, they just know that we like to ride bikes and they're just showing us they're very, you know, they, they know we like the connection to DK. So they're like, they want to show us this biggest, most epic. Yeah. Exhausting. <laughs> yeah. You can't do that all the time. No, no. And that's one thing too, is like, I have a girlfriend who, um, here, uh, she is an amazing athlete. And, um, she's like, I just don't understand. I'm just so tired all the time. And I'm like, girl, you have not taken one day off. Like, and like, you're like easy spins are not easy. Like come with me sometime. I'm going to show you what like a real recovery ride is. And you're going to be <laughs> bored AF like, <laughs> but your legs will feel great. Um, so I, I really enjoyed, um, riding with different people and, um, yeah, it's funny. Awesome. <laughs> Do you miss traveling? Yes. I do now. I'm getting the itch real bad. There is a, I mean, there, I mean, there was a long period of time where I didn't want to go anywhere and I didn't want to see anybody and I didn't want to talk to anybody because I wasn't quite ready yet. And uh, there's a lot of stuff I was obviously processing and dealing with on my own um, and within my own home uh, that I didn't, I didn't feel, I never felt the need of running people are like oh you should just go away for a couple weeks um and i didn't think that was the answer i wanted to stay here and try to grit it out and work it out and um and i knew i needed to like spend i needed to really focus on creating my own stability here and i know if i just like was like oh yeah i'll come to you know gj for a week whatever and um that would just delay it even more um so I, but I am ready now to get out. And it's like such this interesting, like, how do I do it? Like, how do I go visit people? And um, like, I love that people are inviting me and then, you know, um, but it is, it's just a weird time. Like you don't want to like, 
be the a-hole who like does it wrong and um nobody it's such a new world we're in that um I don't know but I gotta get out for sure (laughs) I can understand that I'm actually going out to uh Washington in a few weeks because my um, my brother and sister-in-law need some help with my niece and I'm kind of the only family. I'm, I'm the sacrificed one to get on the plane. <laughs> I'm the only, like one that's healthy and has the ability to work from anywhere. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, it's just like thinking about, you know, we're like trying to plan a baby shower for some friends. I'm like, well, it needs to be 14 days after I get back so I can make sure, you okay. know, like I'm not contagious and just things like that, that you are like, I would have never, I would be like, yeah, just tell me the date and I'll fly in the day before. (laughs) Right. So um, it's also being respectful of everybody's, I think everybody has a different um, definition of what they should be doing right now and a different, um, I don't want to say like fear of, of all of this, but it is kind of in a way. So it's just being respectful of where somebody's at and just abiding by whatever they need for you to make it. Like I did went to a baby shower and we all wore masks. It was outside. Um, but we still got to be together and it was great. Yeah. I have a feeling my brother would be like, yeah, just get on the plane. It doesn't matter if you have the COVID. Oh, the COVID. <laughs> He's like, suck it up. <laughs> do they, I wonder, do they ask in love? Do they take your, like, how do, how are the airports? I don't know. I don't know what they're going to do as far as taking temperatures and stuff. Cause now they found that taking your temperature is not really a great gauge because so many people are asymptomatic carriers and you don't, you won't have a fever. Mm-hmm. Um, but do you ha- so I'm flying Delta and I did that on purpose because they're still keeping open seats. And then, um, wow, that'll be nice. Masks are required. <laughs> I was like, budget, budget flight. Empty and then I, you know, bought the direct flight. And then my brother just said, wear your glasses because you just like, that's another layer of protection. Like you could go get goggles. He's like, but you'll be fine just with your glasses. So anyway, yeah. I, yeah, I heard that from a doctor this past weekend that's been pretty involved in it that she's like, the one thing we're missing is the eyewear. We should be wearing shields. Well, I mean, even if you just had like fake glasses, you know, now's the time. It's trendy. Yeah. If, you, if you've ever wanted to wear glasses and you're thinking, you know, just get some fake ones from Morby Parker <laughs> or your local drugstore. Uh, <laughs> Costco. <laughs> yeah, we need to get Warby Parker, Parker as a sponsor. I have to, sh- I have to show you guys. <laughs> there What's he is. Hi, buddy. Hi, buddy. Hi. <laughs> so stinking cute. He does this and then he puts his head in the corner like, uh, I don't want to talk right now. Leave me alone. Leave me alone, man. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I love dogs. It's so bad. Yeah. Uh, I would love, so I know we did the, the webinar about uh, what you do, basically educating women on bike saddles, but I'd love for you to give us just a little bit about what you've learned about women and bike saddles and um, the company you're working with. I have to be honest, I was kind of skeptical. And I know the saddle doesn't work for everybody. Like somebody else in the group was like, oh, the saddle didn't work for me. Mm-hmm. But um, I've had many, 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 many uncomfortable saddles. And I have finally found a saddle that works great for me. So, and learning, of course, it's a German company and they make things really well. But um, yeah, tell us a little bit about that. Yes. Yeah, so that's a uh, perfect, um, it is a German company. Um, 
Ergon Bike. They're based in Koblenz, Germany, and they, I just love the way that they develop their products. First, all of their um, engineers, sports scientists, designers, they're all cyclists. So they're all passionate in the sport. Um, and so they, and you can see it in the products. Um, and then how they do it, they, well, so the women's saddles, they just, they had three women who worked for uh, the company who were a sports scientist, a designer, and um, uh, an engineer who weren't loving any of the saddles that they produced. So they took it upon themselves to do their own research study as to like, well, what really goes into <clears throat> a real women specific saddle design. Uh, so they debunked a few things that we were seeing in the industry, like the position of um, the cutout, the uh, the design of the cutout, um, the supportive material, and they really just made a design that um, matches up more to most. I mean, like you said, yeah. it's not, it's not going to work for everybody and they don't claim that, which I think is really important. Um, and I think it's really important to be very aware of companies who do claim to be like, this is going to be the best saddle in the world. And uh, everybody's different. We're all different. We all sit differently. Um, but th from the studies that they did, they developed um, their the women's specific design that obviously we have wider sit bones, so we need a wider platform. Uh, and that was one thing that I noticed. I mean, I'm not a uh, I'm a small person. And so I always thought I needed a small saddle. And then once I went to a wider platform, uh, it completely got rid of uh, my knee pain because my hips weren't, everything's connected. So like, um, and so that just goes into how they take, um, ergonomics and put it to contact points on the bike. Um, so I was stoked to, to see firsthand um, how a properly fitting saddle can translate um, to more comfort. And I mean, I would have training rides where I couldn't finish because my knee pain was so bad. Oh. And I thought like, oh, I just have to like strength train and I have to do this and this and this and go to, I was going to PT um, until I just made that one change um, and it put my, my, my hips in a more level position and it was great. Uh, so I love working with, um, with any, anybody and helping them find more comfort on the saddle. Uh, cause I think it's a big game changer for somebody and it can make or break their experience on a bike. Like the biggest thing I hope people will, can, can, can really grasp that you don't have to like grit through, you don't have to break into a saddle. It's not that you don't have enough miles. It's not that like. Uh, I guess unless it's a Brooks saddle, because that is like a time period of break-in. But um, a, a saddle, when you get on it, should should be comfortable, whether it's your first day on it um, or your, you know, 300th day on it. Um, yeah. If anything needs to be women-specific on a bike, it's going to be the saddle. <laughs> Which makes 100% sense. No, I've had so many friends that have gone, you know, like just it's exactly, you're exactly right. It's like, you have to try them out and yeah. finding a bike shop that lets you do that, getting with a fitter, but. And don't just get a saddle because somebody like, because it's marketed in a funny way or that like a, like, like be, be very, especially when, um, like athletes are advocates of saddles, 
that's great. It could be very genuine, but try it out yourself. Mm -hmm. See if it really works for you. A lot of times, and that's why I love Ergon, is that Ergon does not take on any athletes until they genuinely really love the product. They don't pay anybody to say anything. They, we send product out and if they really genuinely say it works for them, then you take them on versus like a lot of other companies do it the other way of like, oh, I don't have a saddle. I need a saddle for, you know, sponsorship and I'll say whatever you want. You pay me this and I'll say whatever you want me to say. Um, unfortunately, that is how a lot of um, things work <laughs> in the world. <laughs> uh, so I think it's important to like just not take that as influence as to how it's really going to work for you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sit your butt on the seat. Yeah. And then just know it takes some time too sometimes because having like um, a bike fit is like one of the most important things for comfort on the bike. Yeah. We had Chloe that you talked to. On oh, yeah. She was on the podcast. Uh, me in June? Mm-hmm. Oh, who knows? <laughs> what month is it, you all? What month is it? <laughs> Sometime in 2020. <laughs> January. Yeah, January. So in January. Have you all seen that um, meme that's been going around of the celebrities? Like yeah. in different roles and like Pretty good. they look really fun in January and February and then like it's and like haggard. To, if you haven't seen it, you'll have to find it. I'll, I'll find it. <laughs> I think Reese Witherspoon started it. Um, and her last one is uh, Little Fire, The her recent like Little Fires when like her house burns down and she's just like looking at like Oh, my whole life has just burned down. <laughs> but then it's like, that's July, August, September. <laughs> All of them. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's, that's how things are now. I'm going to have to just go check that out. I have yes. to, I had a funny TikTok sent to me the other day um, that you guys have to look it up. But it's a woman that lost a bet with her husband and she had to wear a Chewbacca mask while delivering <laughs> their baby. While delivering her baby? <laughs> Wow. And it's one that makes the noises. So when she's like, you know, groaning in pain, she's, it sounds like Chewbacca. It's <laughs> hilarious. I've had a couple of friends that have babies and you do have to wear a mask um, when you're laboring. So if it was during COVID, it's probably like, well, why not? <laughs> yeah. Why not? <laughs> if wow. I wear a mask, you might as well make everybody like laugh. It's so funny. I almost peed my pants watching it. That is like, funny. Yeah, it was really funny. It was funny seeing it, and then when she went, to, when she starts groaning, and it's Chewbacca, I was like, "Oh my god!" I was afraid that the doctor was going to drop the baby they were laughing so hard. <laughs> but I'm like, how awesome is it that this this couple has oh, that relationship? Right? Like, <laughs> sorry, you lost the bet. You got to wear the Chewbacca mask. <laughs> my friends Jeff and Andre they compete about everything, and they have all these like they would they would totally do that. <laughs> That's awesome. Oh my gosh. Well, I hope I get to see you in person soon, Miss Karen. Me too. Yeah. We'll make that happen. Plan something. We can yep. ride bikes or run somewhere. Maybe come down to Patagonia. So when it cools down a little bit. It's it's cooler there. It is? I've been there. She keeps it's, trying to say that. I, I know. She keeps trying to say that. <laughs> hey, you're from Georgia. <laughs> It is true. It would be dry heat at least. It's the dry yeah. heat. And it, I hate saying that, but it's true. Um, it's, yeah. 
And Patagonia is at elevation or it's higher. So it's like, it's just at like just over 4,000 feet. So it is cooler than Tucson by it's a lot. It's not going to be cooler like, than Vail. It's not cooler than Vail. It's not cooler than Vail. No. Yeah, come here. Yeah, I can do that too. December. Um, well, yeah. before you go, tell us um, if somebody has questions about saddles or anything like that, how, what's the best way for them to reach out to you? Um, social media is an easy way because it's pretty accessible and it's just my name. Um, I would, you could go through the website, but it's kind of a, you're not quite sure who you'll get. Um, or you could just email me at karenj at ergonbike.com. Awesome. I highly recommend if you have questions. I love talking about saddles and comfort and vajayjays and all of the, all of the and if you want to hear about all those things, you can go to the YouTube channel and watch the webinar. It's still yes, about all those things. Yeah. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time today. Yeah, thanks for chatting. The Girls Gone Gravel podcast is a production of Live Feisty Media. Subscribe, like, and comment on your listing platform. Our producer is Taylor Mayhem Rudolph. You can follow us on all the socials at Girls Gone Gravel or visit our website at girlsgonegravel.com.